You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. We're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. Well, HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and flags errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. So start saving with knowing where to look. Visit HealthLock.com today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Word today of the largest fentanyl drug bust ever in New York City. The DEA says it found 15,000 rainbow-colored fentanyl pills hidden in a Lego box. Prosecutors say a woman was arrested in Manhattan trying to bring the drugs from New Jersey. These pills, as you can see, look just like candy. Prosecutors say fentanyl is to blame for more than 80% of overdose deaths in New York City. And the DEA calls these rainbow pills an alarming trend. And you think they should be called poisoning as opposed to overdose deaths? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if somebody knowingly buys fentanyl and takes too much of it, that's an overdose. If they think they're getting a Xanax or Adderall or something like that and you give them fentanyl, that's a poisoning. Biggest bust in New York ever for fentanyl, and it's in a Lego box looking like candy. Yeah. It's very small, very hard to catch, very, very hard to stop, it would seem. Anyway, uh, get a little more on uh, Ukraine coming up later. They're having a heck of a little run here. Holy cow. What is going on there? You know, before we move on from that, I just want to point out again, you have materials or ingredients from China being exported under the knowing eye of the Chinese communist government to the drug cartels in Mexico who are poisoning and killing Americans by the tens of thousands. And we're acting like it's just a minor issue as a society. I don't quite get it. Anyway. Chinese uh, asshole! Well, in short, sir, thank you. Uh, Derek Thompson writes for The Atlantic, and he uh, he talks a lot about work and technology. And that's, uh, I'm sorry, he writes about that sort of thing. And he put out the word to readers, tell me what people don't get about your job. And he said, I thought we might receive several dozen replies. Instead, we received several hundred. Hmm. 
We heard from teachers and professors, opera singers and orchestra musicians, corporate execs, tech workers, screenwriters, playwrights, sailors, and summer camp directors. Opera singers? What don't I get about your job? You walk out on stage and sing in a foreign language. I think I get everything. Uh, Today, he says, I'm presenting more than two dozen replies in alphabetical order from aid workers to timpanists for a metropolitan uh, orchestra. Boom, 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 boom. You got two drums. Maybe three, if you're super fancy. How hard can that be, please? <laughs> of course, I actually did play the timpani at times uh, in my high school uh, huh? orchestra. Did you? Uh, just for fun. And if you make a mistake, everybody knows That's it. what I was going to say. <laughs> I might only have a couple of notes I got to jam here and here in this little section, but if I don't do it in the right spot, it's going to be very noticeable. Yeah. Whereas I can yeah. bury my bad trumpet playing uh, 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 among a cacophony of noise, and it's hard to tell. You could not play at all. Oh, yeah, you could always do that. If you're in a section, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. but there's only one timpani. Yeah, anyway. So uh, here are some of the things, what people get wrong about my job. From the aid worker, I found this interesting. It isn't about charity. It's about politics and stability. International aid is almost never handing out bags of food or clothes to people. It's about working with national partners and hosting governments to build systems that deliver better for people. It's a lot more complicated than giving stuff away. International aid is not charity. It's an investment in geopolitical stability and it is less than one percent of the federal budget in the u.s many countries devote higher percentages of their gdp to the u.s uh think about that in relation to military spending when things fall apart and you'll see it's really a bargain so it's an investment in stability which is a point i've tried to make in the populist conservative circles there are a lot of people who are against foreign aid because they see it as uh as just giveaways um, charity to foreign people when we could use it at home, but it really is trying to keep stability around because an unstable word world is an incredibly dangerous and expensive one. Yeah, we're heading toward finding that out, aren't we? Yeah, and it can be misused, but the other reality of it is you've got a regime that can either be a gigantic, expansive pain in your butt, or they can be a frenemy. And how do you turn them from a pain in the butt to a frenemy? You bribe them. That's it's a lot easier than killing them and a lot cheaper. So that's that's why foreign aid exists. Uh, book editor. I thought this was interesting. It's a sales job. A book editor spends 90 percent of their time working on selling a book. That is the publishing part. And only 10 percent of their time working with its author to make that book the best it can be. Uh, you I know, had actually no, editing. I had no idea that. Huh. Yeah, I only had a vague idea what editors do, too. I uh, I took an editing class once. I've never understood that. I would think that if you're if you could edit some great author's book, then why aren't you the author? That's what I've never understood. You know, I think it's it's probably a lot like a, a basketball coach or a golf teacher. I've known some fabulous golf teachers who were good players, but they weren't great players. They're just good coaches. Hmm. Uh, let's see, chef. Um, It's not like being a visual artist with food. It's more like being a middle manager. As a chef, most people assume that I spend my day eating food and making up new dishes. The reality is that I'm a middle manager who spends most of my time managing my employees, writing schedules, completing checklists, and placing orders. So much less glamorous than most people expect. Wow. Wow. So, so far what we're learning is you do a lot less of what the name of your profession is or the reason you got into the profession than people think yeah yeah absolutely um you know it's funny i've I've said to judy before once the show ends 
our job is solving problems, dealing with all of our corporate partners, sponsors, uh, the folks we work with, the rest of it. It's about putting out fires. Um, but, you know, obviously there's a fair amount of jabbering in a microphones, too, for us. There are a couple of different data scientists who he quotes. The first one's answer, I couldn't comprehend. I mean, I really, uh, as the great Don Henley put it, I stared at it like a cow at a passing train. I, uh, <laughs> I didn't get it. But data scientist number two I found interesting. Uh, he says the most common misconception about data science is the amount of time we actually spend coding. Coding is probably uh, only 10% of our time and is often done in chunks of time. Three days of coding, then not much for a while. The vast majority of our time is Googling how to troubleshoot a bug, yeah. brainstorming how to code or solve a specific problem, learning new technologies and softwares, designing technical diagrams, etc., uh, coding is uh, likely a smaller component of most tech jobs than the average person believes. Yeah, a researcher friend of mine spends a tremendous amount of time doing tech stuff, like the stuff that you have your uh, IT person do for your computer. They have to do themselves. They just spend a lot of time on that crap. Like yeah. the Microsoft program is saying, you know, yeah, you haven't paid for the rights to use this and your password doesn't work. The same crap you deal with. Ugh. That's what they do with like all day long. And doesn't that sound awful? At one point, we had a contest where we were trying to come up with the term for the utter exhaustion and despair you feel when you're when you're completely uh, befuddled and stymied by your technology. I can't right. remember what our favorite one was, oh, but uh, I hate that oh. feeling, though. So let me do a couple more, then maybe uh, we'll do some more next hour because I don't know. I find this interesting. Debate coach for high school hmm. said. There are a lot of people, a lot of things people don't understand about competitive debate. For one, people tend to overestimate the importance of rhetoric and formality. Using pretty words in a presidential debate might help you score some polling points, but nine times out of ten, competitive debate rounds are won on logic, not polish. For another, people tend to overstate the importance of facts. I know that sounds bad. What I really mean is that citing individual studies and statistics is unlikely to score you points with judges. Uh, it makes sense if you think about it. There's so much data out there that no individual number can f- capture the full scope of reality. Who cares if a poll shows that 60% of workers hate their jobs? Your opponents can point to another study claiming that only 15% of workers hate their jobs. And unless judges want to spend hours scouring the Internet to fact check every single cited source, no one will get anywhere. Logic is much more convincing. That's per- interesting. Personally, I think everyone could benefit from a year or so of debate coaching. Debating helps you gain confidence, think critically, and be your way, BS your way through job interviews and presentations. But competitive debate is not an accurate recreation of any kind of real-life argument. There are strict and sometimes unintuitive standards, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I liked the idea of, of people taking uh, you know, some debate coaching. It'd be good for them. Um, but I'm also reminded that the trend in college debate, at least in high school debate, is that facts and logic don't count as much as emotion, your life experience, your truth. If you're more eloquent at expressing your truth, you've won the debate. Another example of the just insanity, a critical theory infecting, infecting education. And then one more, and then we'll uh, move on to other fair. An ER doctor. Says, yes, the job is incredibly stressful. That's why you have to be incredibly prepared. Um, uh, the truth is, unless you are a rookie, you have experienced many, many heart-wrenching situations where very bad things happen to people. 
Similarly, you encounter innumerable situations in, must, in which you must make critical decisions without much information when the well-being of the fellow human depends on that decision. But like the Boy Scouts, we are prepared. We are trained. We have necessary equipment. And we have a team to work with. We don't feel helpless. We feel we are doing what we are there for. Having said that, I experienced anxiety almost routinely in situations where I was behind and people were waiting hours to be taken mm. care of. That was stressful. Oh, bet. Wow. Interesting. You know, it reminds me of the G.K. Chesterton quote we were talking about in hour one of the show, where a soldier surrounded by the enemy must want desperately to live, but be practically careless about death. That's the only way to fight your way out of that situation. An ER doctor must be utterly dedicated to helping people. But if they can't and things go the wrong way, got to move on. That would take a toll. Oh, yeah, I think so. Cops, uh, you know, anybody who responds to emergencies knows what, uh, you know, we're talking about. So the Wall Street Journal has a an article today, the climate change censorship campaign that's going on in uh, a lot of places, social media, Google, Facebook, places like that, where you can't get out any counter narrative about climate change, which we've talked about some. I want to look into that. Um, and uh, as I mentioned, the Ukrainians just continue to roll 25 miles gained yesterday as they get closer and closer to Kherson and various areas that uh, I don't know how many generals I saw yesterday saying the tide is turned and it ain't turning back. Uh, Russia is doomed. It's just a matter of when they completely collapse. So, mm-hmm. Wow. So are we talking about like square miles or miles closer to Kherson? Miles closer to. Wow. Yeah. They wow. had a huge last two days. Huh. And uh, I think it was David Petraeus was talking about, uh, this may be the, the the complete collapse of the Russian military is what we're witnessing here. It's really something. Yes, Michael? I just wonder if it's because Russian soldiers are just giving up. Well, and they're some, just letting them go through. At some point that happens, right? Oh, yeah, they're fleeing for their lives because yeah. they have no desire to give their lives for their country because they don't feel like they're fighting for their country. Right. Uh, a lot more on all this stuff on the way. Stay here. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Reservoirs out west are, are, are down to almost zero. We're in a situation where the Colorado River looks more like a stream. There's a lot going on. And I think the one thing this has finally ended is a discussion about whether or not there's climate change and we should do something about it. Wow. Wow. Apparently he missed that uh, Wall Street Journal piece I read from the other day that went through specifically how your own government website, the federal government's own website, makes it clear that, one, you can't look at an individual storm and draw any conclusions, and two, things aren't noticeably worse. We've had we've had worse periods at a variety of times. Gets worse, gets better, gets worse, gets better. You can't draw any conclusion from the hurricanes. Doesn't right. mean climate change isn't real, but to, for the president of the United States to just state, I think the debate's over with this with this hurricane about climate is just a crazy thing to say. That's absurd and certainly completely unscientific. Yep. So Wall Street Journal today again an opinion piece: the climate change censorship campaign. On Tuesday, more than a dozen environmental outfits, including Greenpeace and the Union of Concerned Scientists, wrote to the big tech companies to blame them for amplifying and perpetuating climate disinformation. 
What the letter asked for is uh, pretty clear. The Digital Services Act recently enacted by the European Union includes transparency rules. And the green groups want Silicon Valley to commit to include climate disinformation as a separately acknowledged category that they spend a lot of time looking at so that they can blah, blah, blah. Letter was directed to Twitter, Facebook, Google, YouTube, TikTok, and Pinterest. Uh, We partnered with Google, said Melissa Fleming, the communications undersecretary for the United Nations. The United Nations partnered with Google. If you Google climate change at the top of your search, you will get all kinds of U.N. resources. We started this partnership when we were shocked to see that when we Googled climate change, we were getting incredible distorted information right at the top. Huh, says the Wall Street Journal opinion page. Who else has partnered with Silicon Valley? It is hardly fake news to pick a phrase to point out that the Internet is full of bad information. But remember during the pandemic when there were official things that you could say and official things that you couldn't say? And then all of a sudden it turned out that, hey, the COVID-19 Virus may have leaked from a Chinese laboratory, or maybe there are problems with this vaccine or that, but those things weren't allowed at the time. Mm -hmm. So on climate change, the disinformation tags get liberally applied even to people who who agree that it's real, caused by fossil fuels, and a problem. But if you happen to think that maybe humanity can adapt, or these apocalyptic predictions are overwrought, or subsidies for green energy are poor investment. Well, the U.N. has partnered with Google to make sure any of those ideas can't make it to the top of your search. Wow. Wow, that is so insidious. I mean, you might be fully down. You might be Greta Thunberg's best buddy, but you find some data that is faulty or you think, well, that's kind of overstated right there. And and you're silenced by Google and the U.N. Good Lord. Right. The White House climate advisor jumped in and said, we need the tech companies to really get involved. A dissent has shifted from climate change denial to the values of solar energy, the values of wind energy, she, she continued, that is equally dangerous. In other words, says the Wall Street Journal, censorship must increase the more public resists the climate lobby's preferred solutions. So it's going from pushing to uh, make sure that climate change is real is the topic of your Google search or, you know, tweets that deny that aren't allowed. Uh, to making sure that solar is, you know, really pushed and wind is really pushed and all that sort of stuff. So their ultimate point here is how big a role Elon Musk might play with Twitter if it does end up being the public town square that he claims to be promising and that maybe the one of the major platforms will be protected from partnering with the U.N. or whoever else on one official view of a variety of stories, whether it's the pandemic or climate change yeah yeah oh that reminds me there was a tweet i came across yesterday um speaking of twitter where ben collins who's an nbc uh, journalist talking head uh says for those of you uh asking yes i do think this site can and will change dramatically if elon musk gets control over it uh if it gets done early enough based on the people he's aligned with yes it could actually affect the midterms and a conservative pointed out do you understand what you just admitted that the ownership of a tech company and their political leanings will be expressed wholesale through that tech company, and that affects elections. Right. You've just admitted to a tremendous power to the social media platforms that a lot of been, people have been claiming isn't true. No, because you're neutral, right? No, no, you're not. The Russian military is getting its ass kicked. More on that coming up. If you miss an hour, get the podcast. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. 
When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. L-A-S-I-K. LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, without question, the uh, tide of war has turned uh, in Ukraine, and and Putin is failing. So I believe that Ukrainian forces have achieved irreversible momentum. There's there's no going back. Uh, it's too early to uh, start planning victory parades. Uh, there's still a lot of really hard fighting to go. But irreversible, says retired Lieutenant General Ben Hodges. He was the commanding general of the U.S. Army in Europe. That was Leon Panetta before him, who was the Secretary of Defense. I don't know how many videos I saw of different generals and former sec defs in that saying, there's no coming back for Russia at this point. I mean, the military is doomed. It's irreversible. Structurally, it's just, it's only going one direction. It's just a matter of how ugly it is at the end and how it ends and, you know, and then whether or not Putin uses nukes, which I suppose we can discuss. Let's hear a little bit of this report from uh, somebody on the ground, ABC News. In a major advance, Ukrainian troops have pushed into the southern Kyrgyzstan region another 20 miles, according to Russian military bloggers. It comes a day after Ukrainian troops forced the Russian military's front line there to collapse. This war has entered in a new phase. Ukrainian soldiers celebrating the liberation of towns and villages along the way, tearing down Russian flags, some using them to wipe their feet. I love that. They take the Russian flags, throw them on the ground, and then they all walk across it and wipe their boots off on it. (laughs) Mm. Why not? Why not? A little more from that report than than we can discuss. In Luhansk, the governor posting on social media that the deoccupation of the area from the Russian army has started. 
saying several settlements there have already been recaptured. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky vowing to present a draft resolution to the United Nations forcing Putin to pay reparations for the war. It's only a matter of time, he says, before we oust the occupier from all our land. It is only a matter of time, according to all the military experts uh, I've certainly watched, interviewed. Day 224 of Putin's three-day war, says Ian Bremmer, and shows another town that just got uh, liberated. Some of these towns in the Far East, they've been occupied by the Russians since, like, the first day, an entire time. Right, yeah. Like, for seven months, they've been under Russian occupation with, you know, not knowing if it would ever not be Russia ever again. But uh, looking at this picture here, every time a Ukrainian city is liberated, new horrors are uncovered, more mass graves, more torture chambers, all that sort of stuff. I don't know if you saw that article by those two Americans. It was in the Washington Post, I think, over the weekend. Two Americans that got captured there, a couple of military guys that went over to fight on behalf of the Ukrainians that got captured, and how they were tortured and beaten and moved around from prison to prison and saw all kinds of awful stuff. Yeah, yeah, terrible. Uh, you know, it's it's funny, not ha-ha, funny, strange. Uh, the predictions of it's irreversible, the momentum is on the Ukrainian side, Russia cannot win, blah, blah, blah. But it's, I'm, I feel like I'm watching a, foot, a football game where there's no agreed upon what the end will look like. And one of the possibilities is the losing team machine guns the winning team. Um, I, what does the end of this look right, like? Right, it's a football game where it is... It, it could happen that the other team, because they're down 80 to nothing and they're on the one-yard line of their own goal, they just decide to machine gun the other side. And you'd say, right. I guess, so, well, that's not fair. So I'm super glad my team just kicked another field goal. But uh, what does the end look like? Absolutely that's the right. thing to me. So maybe this is a hint toward it. Yesterday, and uh, Ian Bremmer, who I follow regularly, said this has not happened in post-Soviet Russia. The head of the Duma, which is what their their parliament or, or rubber their, stamp parliament, yeah. yeah. But the head of the Duma, oh, the Ministry of Defense was answering questions and giving a rosy scenario of how the Russian military was doing. And the head of the Duma said, "Stop lying on live TV." Wow. To the Ministry of Defense. Wow. So what is going on there? You know, I was just going to ask you, and, and it's a guess, I realize, but how good do you think the information Putin's getting is at this point? How accurate is it? Does he watch CNN? Uh, are his advisors telling him anything close to the truth? I remember that devastating report that came out about uh, the United States uh, military presence in Afghanistan, in which it became infinitely clear that every report that went up the chain was polished a little bit until by the time it got to the top or to Washington, D.C., it was unrecognizable from the truth. Yeah. I mean, it was such a departure. Barack Obama was getting what people thought he wanted to hear, not what was actually going on. Yeah. I gotta believe if that can happen in a democracy, it's certainly gonna happen uh, for Putin. Uh, or he's in some sort of weird, you know, Hitler at the end mode where you're just ignoring. You just you don't you just don't even. I'm not gonna look over there. La la la, fingers in the ears because just you realize it's all come apart, right? And then you're into Crazyville. I don't know. Um, so yeah, your 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 scenario with the football teams, where one team is just losing so bad, and then you decide to machine gun the other side. That's the whole question here, because it's it's going to end. This is going to end somehow. 
Um, and it's and nobody seems to think it's going to end with the Russian military getting pushed completely out of Ukraine and them saying, "Well, damn it, I guess we lost." And right. calling nobody says that. Yeah, yeah. Leon and, Panetta, yeah. when he was asked yesterday, he said, "Can Putin stay in power if they lose?" And he said, "I don't see any possible way he stays in power if he loses." Okay, what does that look like? And then who is in charge of the world's biggest nuclear arsenal at that point? Ugh. Wow, wow. You know, Hitler is not Putin, and Putin is not Hitler, although they have some similarities in outlook and goals. And uh, do you think Hitler would have ordered a nuclear strike from the bunker? Yeah. Right. Um, And whether his his officer corps would have carried it out, I don't know. But uh, Putin allegedly has eliminated the the layers of uh, safety in launching nuclear weapons. He's uh, allegedly... Um, made it so that he alone can go ahead and launch something. At least that's what I'm told. One thing that weirds me out, and I'm as impressed with the Ukrainian people and their fighters and uh, Zelensky and all that sort of stuff as anybody, but all the weird stories that I keep seeing, especially the last couple of days, it's a David and Goliath story, all this different sort of stuff. Yeah, they got the backing of the United States of America. We've given them billions and billions of dollars of some of the greatest equipment on Earth. And I'm guessing all kinds of intel and logistics stuff that we won't learn about for years that it's it's not just the plucky. You How does a little plucky army like this take on one of the world's biggest military? With the help of NATO and the United States, that's how. Sure. And yeah. why, why leave that out of the story? Does that take it the hurts fun the out narrative. of it? Hurts the narrative. Gets fewer clicks. Without the United States backing them, as, as, as proud and uh, and patriotic as they are, I think they'd have gotten rolled a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting that our intelligence agencies uh, stated, or was this a leak or a public statement? You remember that bomb attack that killed the daughter of that prominent Russian nationalist thinker who whose writings Putin had embraced? Uh, it was thought that whoever blowed her up was trying to blow up the old man and got her instead. Uh, Our intelligence agency said, yeah, uh, we believe the Ukrainian government authorized that attack. We wish they hadn't, and we yelled at them for it. And what was their goal with doing that? Well, if they're after some belief that Putin did it uh, because he was being attacked from his right and was going to try to take that guy out. Hmm. Well, uh, according to American officials, the U.S. took no part in the attack, either by providing intelligence or other assistance. American officials also said they were not aware of the operation ahead of time and would have opposed the killing had they been consulted. Uh, They admonished Ukrainian officials. How dare you? (laughs) Uh, Let's see. While Russia has not retaliated in a specific way for the assassination, the U.S. is concerned that such attacks, while high in symbolic value, have little direct impact on the battlefield and could provoke Moscow to carry out its own strikes against senior Ukrainian officials. Uh, American officials have been frustrated with Ukraine's lack of transparency and uh, about its military and covert plans, especially on Russian soil. So we're at the same spot that we've been for quite some time, but it's the weird situation of Ukraine's even more successful today than they were two days ago, and that was after an amazing run of a week. Um, but the more success they have, the more it becomes a uh, an urgent question of, what's Putin going to do? Is he just going to watch his military get run off the field? I doubt it. 
It's chilling. I, yeah, I, I'd I wish I had is. an answer for you. I, it's it's terrifying. Got to give him an off ramp. What s- that looks like, I, I can't imagine. I assume they're trying to. Yes. Yeah. I mean, even when there are no diplomatic relations, you call the Swiss and tell them, hey, call uh, Putin and tell him this. It happens all the time. So I wonder, wonder what that conversation is. I, I don't I don't know on I don't think Zelensky President Zelensky's in any mood to say you can keep Crimea or anything like that. Well, no, and the fate of humanity hangs in the balance is all. Oh, here's a good conversation I heard the other day. Um, if you just flat out state it this way, is Ukraine worth uh, a swap of nuclear weapons between Russia and the United States? Wow. Most people would answer that, including me, I think. No. Yeah. I think you would see vast majorities of people. So if that is your Maybe answer. all people. So if, so if that is your answer, and I think it is for most people, then where are we right now today? That's why I keep talking about an off-ramp. We've got to provide it. I mean, I, our, our President Biden and all our officials are going to say, hey, it's their country. President, He's the president. He gets to make the decision. And it'll be his decision whether or not they go for Crimea or blah, 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 blah. Are we behind the scenes saying, dude, you got to settle? Probably so, uh, in, in some form. Because oh, the question man. is, is it worth a nuclear war to save Ukraine? I think most people on planet Earth would say no. Well, and here's a, uh, a similar question. What would restrain Vlad Putin from using nukes if he was truly at a dead end? Morality? No. Concern for what would happen to Russia? No. Maybe. I doubt it. He also, he... Has the, the, he also has the fever that every human being would have when you're about to die. He's going to die, most likely. Well, if Leon Panetta's right about he can't possibly hold on to power after the loss, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Somebody's got to figure this out. I know, and in days. Yeah, this could be happening in days. At the at the at the rate that Ukraine is pushing them off the 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 football field, I don't know. That's enough of that because it's all speculation at this point. In San Francisco, there's a restaurant that has a seventy five dollar menu for your dog. Wow. (laughs) Okay, I want to hear about that. Maybe I want to take my dog Pugsito and uh, treat him. Turn him to a day out. You know what? If you're so stupid, you spend $75 on your dog having a meal. You deserve to be parted from your money, and the restaurateur deserves to have it. Uh, More on the way. That and other stuff. (laughs) Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. 
Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We may have unearthed something because Joe and I both completely separately have our iPhones acting very, very weird. Yeah, that's funny. Jack during the commercial break was saying, what the hell is that? What's going on here? And before I came into the studio, I was having trouble with mine, too. I was trying to click on a link and my phone kept going blank. Yeah. Yeah. My phone just went blank, too, which never happens. And it's a brand new phone. It's not even a week old. Uh, So anybody else having that situation? Some iPhones don't really get viruses, but did it ask you for a password to keep using the cloud or something like that? I don't remember. I don't think Does that so. happened to me. Oh, it did. Uh oh. China. China, exactly. Trump. Thank you, sir. Wow, that's weird. I, I rebooted, <coughs> shut it down, restarted it, and, and now it's fine. But I don't know. No, Some I was full on Russian, Russian death ray. It was an exploratory Russian cyber attack. Could be. That was frightening, According though. to broadcast reports, it went black and, like, was off. Right. Yeah, watch out for that. Yeah, anybody else, if your phone works, text 415-295-KFTC. Is it a cyber attack? Mm. So next hour, I want to talk more about uh, something Jack brought up, and the U.N. and uh, Google are teaming up to fight disinformation and misinformation about climate change. In other words, censoring any skepticism, any questioning of data, any anything that's not part of the doctrine there are a couple other examples of that going on right now that I want to draw to everybody's attention, just so you recognize them when you see them. But this story is too much. It's uh, it's the haves and the have-nots or something. Here here we are worried about nuclear war and inflation and gas is like your your gas money plus your food money and your medicine money now to fill up your tank, especially if you're working class. Meanwhile, San Francisco has a fine dining restaurant for dogs with a $75 tasting menu. That's like your. <laughs> so, so that clip is that's Hillary Clinton. Yes. Why, why was she doing a dog sound at one point? I can't remember why, but she was trying to impress somebody. She's good. That's a good dog sound. Oh, it's a it's a very good dog sound. Play it again, Michael. Seriously, we've got to remember the context. 
I mean, you can't just have Hillary Clinton barking like a dog and move on from, <laughs> right. from it like it's nothing. Right. I agree. Though we've been using that clip for years. Mm. Anyway, Nico, a San Francisco resident, is a picky, sensitive eater, according to the San Francisco Chironicle. <sighs> your, dog Sunday, is, your dog is picky if you let them be picky. But on Sunday, he struck gold at a trendy new Mission District restaurant where he dined on hand-cut filet mignon tartare topped with a poached quail egg. The chef, who crafts the seasonal menu based on what's available at local organic farms, even came to his table to say hello after the meal was over. Nico, by the way, is a four-and-a-half-year-old Shiba Inu, <laughs> which is a kind of dog, apparently. Hey, chef, you pretty happy with making filet mignon with a quail egg on top of it for a dog? How's your career going? <laughs> hey, I'm getting 75 bucks a throw. Who's uh, the sucker? Yeah. Uh, Nico went with his best friend, Peach also a Shiba Inu, to try Dog, which may be serving the country's first ever tasting menu for dogs. Now, these, this is San Francisco. This better not be people who are saying the rich aren't paying their fair share and, and all this sort of crap. You're giving filet mignon with quail eggs on top for your dog. You idiots. You're an idiot. You're a flat-out idiot. Yeah, give that $75 to the poor or somebody, the church or Ukraine or, I don't know, burn it. Dog opened last week with pastries and dogachinos, Jack. <laughs> That's a common Sir, thing. Starbucks serves those. If you if you go through the drive-thru and ask for a, what is it, a puppuccino, they'll just give you a little cup of whipped cream for your dog. Wow. People do it all the time. Uh, uh, so that's during the day in a $75 three-course tasting menu on Sundays. Passersby could easily confuse this for San Francisco's hottest new all-day cafe. A glass case is filled with elegant pastries, like a rose-shaped cake, filled with wild venison heart, and a doggy petite gateau? Now, I've been to the Barkery in Sonoma, uh, where it's a bakery for dog treats, and they're just mm-hmm. kind of like more upscale, but not even close to this level, though. $75. Filet mignon for a dog is... You're, that's complete. If you think your dog has a palate that appreciates filet mignon as opposed to anything else, you're an idiot. You're a flat-out idiot. corgis love it. You need to be more like love. a dog. If you, think, queen. if you think your dog enjoyed that more than if you just gave him a cold a hot dog out of an Oscar Mayer pack, you're a nut. <laughs> so on Sundays, Jack, dog transitions into Bon Appetit Cafe. B-O-N-A. God, the uh, where puns chicken, are killing me. Where chicken mushroom soup is poured tableside, then promptly lapped up by the eager diners. It's almost as if this. they don't appreciate the, uh, the, the, the expense, the flavor, and the presentation of the food, the way they just lap it up. Listen, listen how they spin this. Everything is made by the chef. Dog is part of a growing movement to serve dogs fresh-cooked, nutritious meals, rather than packaged kibble, rife with fillers. All so, right. yeah, that's what yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah that, the, the dog fine. food's not good for the dog. So uh, give him a $75 meal at a white tablecloth restaurant instead. <laughs> <laughs> wow, oh, geez. Unbelievable. Huh. Let's see. Oh, they go through the various dogs that are there. An English Mastiff, a uh, Lhasa Opso place. That's Shibuina or whatever the hell it is. That's a good-looking dog. My, dog, my look. dog's going to eat a dead bird it finds in the backyard today. <laughs>
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. 